0: The Barwon Heads Football and Netball Club and the Beach House at Bowen Heads are very proud to bring you Episode 14 of The Tree on the Wing. In 1973, a 12-year-old boy from the Murray River town of Gunbower was driven kicking and screaming to his new home in Bowen Heads. On his first day in town, and not feeling the best about his new living situation, but resigned to the fact that he'd need to get out and find some new friends, he decided to take a walk and explore his new environment. It was his first ever glimpse of the ocean, and the first time he saw two boys who would shape a great deal of the rest of his life. These two boys told him that if he wanted to get on in bow and heads, he needed to play footy and cricket, and the following Monday night saw Shane Wallace Mitchell grace Howard Harmer Oval for the very first time. Every club needs a nuggety redhead in the back pocket, and Mitch was ours. He won the best and fairest in the under 13s in only his second year, and he went on to forge a career as a regular senior player. But it wasn't just as a player that he served the club. Over the next 16 or so seasons, Shane held positions as a player, coach, and committeeman, taking on many difficult challenges, as well as mentoring young men and young women as footballers. And in turn, he was mentored by his own heroes. We caught up with Shane at home via a Zoom meeting which in itself was a significant challenge for which we thank his daughter Bridie. Shane shared some great stories of his life in the footy club and it was clear from our chat that he holds Barnhead's Football and Netball Club very dear to his heart. We hope you'll enjoy our conversation with Shane Mitchell. Are recording. G'day, everybody, and welcome to the tree on the wing. I am Teddy Donnell, and I am joined today by a bloke who our today's guest told me knows more about him than he knows about himself. We're in Zoom today because we're obviously still in isolation, and I'm joined by Russell Nipper Highland. G'day, Nipper, how are you going?
1: Very well, Teddy, very well indeed. Before we start today, Teddy, I want to send a special cheerio out to some of our very keen followers that promote us and um, listen in all the time, and um, in no particular order, Damien Clark, who manages the Past Players Page. Does a great job team. for us,
0: yep. Oh, okay. Damien
1: Clark for promoting us. Um, Brian Leanne and Tom Andrews at the Beach House, who um, backed us from day one. The president of the Baylor Football Nipple Club, Tim Goddard, who had faith in us from work day dot, which is good. Tommy Beckworth, he's our number one fan, and also some avid listeners, Panther McKenzie, Rory McLeod, Tommy Beckworth, Russ Barrett, Tommy Beckworth, Murray Swain, Tommy Beckworth, Jack Evans, and also Tommy Beckworth loves to listen in. <laughs> and, uh, As a kid, I looked up to this bloke. He coached me, and at one stage of my young life, I actually wished that he had a little brother so that I could have a best mate just like him. He played under-13s, under-14s, under-17s, under-16 footy at Bale Heads. He won best and fairest throughout all of them. He went up to reserves and seniors. He coached the under-14s, the under-15s, the under-17s, the under-18s. He coached the reserves. He helped out with the girls when they started off. His daughter played there. Uh, He was a committee member. He was one of the most recognisable faces around the club in the yeah. 70s and 80s. I'll
0: tell you a story about that. I've got a really good story about how recognisable his <laughs> face was.
1: I don't think there's many people who loves the Barnett's Football Club with more of a passion than he does. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the tree on the wing, Shane Wallace-Mitchell.
2: G'day, Nip. How are you going? Teddy, how are you going, boys? Good to see your yeah. face, I think. I'm yeah. a bit worried about this young Russell Hyland knows a bloody lot about me. You might learn something today, Mitch. Oh,
0: I probably will, Nipper. Something that slipped my memory. Now, there's a significant thing about today. This is our 14th episode. Now, we wanted to have Mitch for episode 13, and but, there's a reason for that. But it's actually turned out a bit differently. So Mitch wore, for most of the time that he played for Bowen Heads, number 13. Correct. There are two kinds of people in the world. There are people who like to wear the number 13 and people who wouldn't wear it in a pink fit. I'm one of them. I wouldn't wear 13 if you paid me. That's why I wore it, Teddy. Yeah, and we've had some some significant blokes at our club, good players and and characters around our club who've worn number 13. That's you, Mitch, Johnny Starr. Correct. And the wizard, Mark Henderson. The other significant thing about the 13... Number 13 is on the 13th of September in 1987, our reserves won the premiership in the Ballerine Football League. And Mitch, you had something to do with that as one of the part of the coaching staff of that. So that's 33 years ago today. Correct. Right. And it's also one, one year yesterday it was since we won the senior premiership in the Ballerine Football League. There hasn't been a game played since then, so we're the undefeated premiers, reigning there premiers, you. which is something we've and probably then, never done.
1: Teddy, it was 27 years ago yesterday that we won the reserves and the seniors against Ocean Grove.
0: Yes. Yep.
1: 27 years ago yesterday.
0: Yeah, on the 12th it was too. So there you go. So today's a pretty significant date and 13 is... is a a number that I try to avoid, but it's all around us today. And, Mitch, tell us about why you wore number 13. It's usually something we talk about a bit later, but we'll get you to do (laughs) it now, and then we'll go on to our other stuff.
2: Yeah, well, number 13, there was a bloke at North Melbourne, I think, Nipper, you might know more, a crazy horse, Cowton. Gary Cowton. Yeah, he wore 13, and I decided to wear it in, uh, in the very early days, a young bloke. Sort of nicknamed me Crazy Horse a bit, the way I sort of put myself around the football field. Who gave
1: you that nickname?
2: His name's what? Max William Sheller.
1: He's given everybody nicknames, nickname,
2: not he? I, I even gave his own self a nickname, I reckon. What? <laughs> Crackers? Yeah. Crackers Keenan.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the other one, the other nickname yeah, you man. used to call him, Mitch, was Slapsy. Slapsy, yeah, <laughs> because he'd run around the field slapping everyone, but then. Blaming other players
2: around him. Yes. So, oh, that was number 13, or that was number eight, or yes. that was number one. Yes. You know well, that I mean? story
0: I told you the other day about Mickey Thompson beating me up. There's no only one reason why Mick beat me up. He thought I was Max because I had long, yeah, dark hair, and Max had hit yeah, him.
2: Teddy, Teddy, you'd be the only bloke he could beat up.
0: <laughs> anyway, so, Mitch, we gave you some homework. I hope you've done it yes. because it's an important yes. part of our show. Yes, so Teddy. we're going to go with our two truths and a lie.
2: Yes, well, this one, this has been the hardest because, as I said, you both probably know more about me than me. But here we go anyway. I played for three clubs. I played against Papua New Guinea and I never got reported. There's mine. Oh, that's interesting. Yes, well, Karen's been arguing with me saying you shouldn't put that one in. You shouldn't put that one in. But anyway.
0: We're... uh... We're happy to tell all the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And nothing nothing, but the truth, well, truth the perfect, whole truth, yeah. and nothing like the truth, Mitch, truth. is what yes. we're after. Exactly. Yes. So, yes. Well, yeah, that's mine.
1: Okay. No, I was just writing those down so I don't forget them. And also, also making a note, Teddy, to um, what did I learn today.
0: I've already got mine, I reckon. <laughs> 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 well, we, there'll be other things. i make notes. So, yes, Mitch. Yes, Teddy. Teddy. The, um, the thing we go with, the first question we always ask is, how did you end up at the Barland Heads Footy Club? And uh, um, Nipper and I probably know this. I'm not 100% sure. I know you, you lived yeah. in the town. But talk us through how you actually ended up at the footy club.
2: Well, I actually grew up in a little northern country town called Gumbower, home in the mighty D's. And at the uh, age of 12, 73, mum decides to drag us to me and my sister Screaming and kicking, dragging us to a place we've never been to, miles away. We took off in an old uh, Holden, one of the old EJ or something old, like with old Harry Over, and, and he do forty k's at the most. And like we had to travel four hours. So you long, you know how long four hours travel days when you're going forty k's. So yeah. yeah four, anyway, it's we arrived four in four
1: hours, does not
2: it? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> probably doesn't it. But anyway, we arrived in Byron in '73. Um, as you do when you come to a new town, you've got to make friends. And I said to my mum, I'm going for a walk. So at the time, I were in the number 96 Flax Cross Road from Cricket Oval, walked up Golf Links Road, seen the biggest dam I've ever seen in my life, and that was the ocean, first time I've ever seen the ocean. And I proceeded to walk past this football ground down the hill, the old hill, went through this caravan park, and I thought, this is strange. Then the town was there again. I'm thinking, geez, this town's a big one, because in Gumby there's only one main street. So I'm seeing these two young strapping lads standing there talking, so I thought, oh, I've got to introduce myself or I'm not gonna meet anyone. So I walked up to them, they How are you going, how are you going? One looked like a bit like Graham Kennedy, and the other one looked like his sister. To this day, we've been mates. And they said to me, Do you play footy or cricket? I said, Nah, don't play either. Gumbear you go fishing, chasing rabbits. Can't play footy because it's only thirds and they're nineteen and I was only 12, so mum wasn't ever going to play that footy. So anyway, they said, you got to play footy or cricket in this town or you won't make any mates. So with that, it was in the April. I reckon the next Monday I went to school at Tech, scared the creepies out of me. Then that night I went to footy training. Best thing I ever did.
1: First two blokes you met, Mitch?
2: The first two blokes I met? I think you know who they are. Max and Highlight. Exactly right, mate. Exactly right. Mm. Three amigos.
0: <laughs> Which one looked like his sister?
2: Max. <laughs> there, down there his bum and all fluffy and hilo just looked like Hilo. And <laughs> he did look like Ryan Kenny, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> or a bit like Rod Stewart too, when you come to that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we become really good mates. So a real absolutely. good move, I thought.
1: You're obviously good mates with a lot of those blokes that you first played with in the under thirteens back in nineteen seventy three. Yep. Um, I've been noticing you're on Facebook recently, uh, conversing <laughs> with some of them. Gary Shep's one of them.
2: Oh, Bones. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Mark yep. Forrester.
2: Yeah, um, now
1: There's a few others there that I noticed you comment on with as well. Um, they've also or commented with you, Mark Cal Johnny uh, yep. Lewis, yep. Paul Lewis. Yep. Um,
2: oh, oh Bones boys. Um, yep.
1: Yeah. Normie Goddard's in there.
2: Steve-O, oh, I haven't seen, I've seen Steve-O on Facebook. But. Oh, Steve-O wouldn't have the time. probably sign up when Max does. <laughs> yeah, oh well.
1: And and your first coach, Mitch?
2: Uncle Don Cameron.
1: Donnie Cameron.
2: I was ever bigger than.
1: <laughs> you weren't in this photo. You weren't in this photo.
2: Wasn't I? Oh, I must have been good. a small one then. But that, anyway, he, he'd chuck us in his little escort white panel van. There'd be 10 of us, I reckon nearly most of the side. And um, Mr. Goddard would take the rest, I reckon. And off we go to our ventures to other towns I've never seen before and try to beat the Jahibis out of these players who are heaps better than us and always beat us. But, yeah, it was good fun.
1: As I say, you've got some lasting friendships there, which is fantastic. But you obviously made a pretty big impression because in your second year of football at Bowen Heads, still in the under-13s, you won the best and fairest.
2: Yes, yep, yep. And the great man Dave Goddard won the under-16s that year. Yeah, very yeah. good.
1: Lovely photos of you. <laughs> um, yeah, let's
2: don't put them up. In those times. Hey. You know, this is a
1: this is a podcast, we don't see pictures. But, That's um, yeah. um What are you doing? So you okay. Mitch, the under-13s, into the under, I suppose it was under-16s then, and Correct. then the under-17s. Yep.
2: Oh, actually, we didn't know what we we're playing back in them Because one year it'd be under thirteens, the next year they'd put it up to under fourteens, and they'd yeah. so they didn't really come up with the right formula for two sort of groups of kids. Yeah, it changed quite a lot. Yeah. it um, probably
0: changed around what Keith Grossman thought that the Torquay Footy Club could best field the teams to win the premiership. Usually, most years, didn't it? Because yeah, I, I reckon there was a fair bit of that going on.
2: Oh, there was, but I, I. Teams like Wichelsea back in the day because yes. like, they were a small town. And I remember playing under 17s against them, and they had six players that were playing for Geelong's scholarship squad. Yeah. And the bloody hell, you're going to beat them when you've got 15 players most week. And all we wanted to do was have a kick of the footy. We weren't like, we weren't, we had no structure as kids. Like when I was coached, I don't think there was nothing like that. you just told to get out and you get the ball and stop them getting it. That's basically how we were taught.
1: But so Mitch, just touching on your coaching, I've mentioned before you coach junior teams. You coached me a fair bit, yeah. Um, and then you coached reserves football, and then quite so many years later, you ended up in um, up at Newtown coaching um, boys football up there where your daughter played.
2: That was your brother's.
1: I there would have been a bit of structure, wouldn't there?
2: Oh, I'm saying in my time, nip. In my time, when I played juniors, not junior as as I seen at and Heads, but at Newtown it's a different world. Like oh, Bridie went there to Ice Kick, as you know, Hilo took her. And I didn't think of much I remember the day she went with Hilo. I thought, that ah, won't last long, she won't like it. Well, I was wrong there. And I didn't think she'd be any good of it. I was wrong there. But at Newtown I had oh yo yo, you know him, Teddy, Yo Yo. Crime's Yes. Yep. And you might know this Blake. Why was he McCartney?
0: called why was he called Yo Yo? Oh, one week he'd
2: be in the ones, next week That's he'd be right. in the two. That's right. Next week he'd be in the ones, yeah. next week he'd be in the two. So I don't know if he, in them times, I think it was Welshie coaching. Welshy, yeah. He might have said some wrong things to Welshie on the track or something.
0: Oh. <laughs> yeah, and you, me, and, and Phil Dot gave him that nickname and it seems to have stuck.
2: <laughs> and I, we'll, always, we'll always call him Yo-Yo Yeah, catch up with yep. Yeah. Loves it, mate. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Newtown was good. For, it, it opened me eyes up and I had four, five great years at UT. I won a couple of flags with sides that weren't supposed to win flags and all that and lost a couple of grand finals, won against Barron Heads. And that's what I found hard, coaching against Barn Heads. Because I remember one game where I was coaching away and Barron Heads was doing all right. I, went, I don't know where it comes from. I went, go Edders. And the bloke, my assistant coach, said, what are you doing? mate? I said, sorry, you can't take the boy out, of Heads. So <laughs> I was for him on the day when I was coaching. But no, loved me coaching. Even... I coached from juniors at Barnett from about 78 to 83. I think my first time, Freddie Wilmore was the president, and they gave me an opportunity to coach under-15s, and I was playing under-17s, but he did say to me, don't F it up. And I took his word for granted, because if I F'd it up, I think Freddie would have strangled me. So that was his first time. But then I coached Maxie Scheller in his last year, juniors, that was pretty good. He was my captain. We didn't have much of a team, as we never did, but everyone had a crack, like from Ozzie Harmer, Timmy, Jabba, they were like two foot nothing, playing against, probably in them days, men, so they were seven, and other kids were 15, and they just put their bodies in where you shouldn't put it, and I just used to shut my eyes, and say, like, oh, you're going to get killed, but they didn't, they came out the other end, so that's a good thing.
0: Yeah.
2: Those were some of
1: the better juniors that you played, uh, that you coached, yeah. that you perhaps didn't necessarily go with bigger or better things.
2: Mate, there's two from Newtown that I thought were going to be superstars. Yeah. There's probably two or three at Barnhead's. One was Chris Quentin. Yeah. You know, as a junior, football was as tough as a cat's head and just gave everything for you and never complained. Yeah. Um, No one is your good self. I thought you'd go a bit further because you were, to me, you at 16, 17, you were pretty handy, Nick, but I thought you would get into an upper league, but anyway, you must have loved the club too much. Yeah, something like that, either that or the place up on the corner on the way down to the club. <laughs> yeah, that was a trap of a fall, wasn't it? The old house of the rising sun, is pub. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, um, and at Newtown, I had two Jets, and I mean they were Jets. One was Lockie McCartney. I called him Buddy because you couldn't swear because Buddy Hell is a good footballer, so I was saying Buddy instead of bloody. Bo Fincham, he was yep. a. Kid from Winch. remember the first time I met him, at he took his jumper off and he had a stick pack. He was 12, 13 years old. And he scared me. I thought he'd hurt people. And Bridie, I believe today, Bridie make AFL. They are the Jets. And I played with, like, Suddy, Dave Goddard, a little bit with Simon Taylor. Now, there's a gun. Your brother was pretty good. Never seen him kick a goal, left the right foot from Bonnie's barn like no one else, like he could. But yeah, played. And we, I played with a lot of battlers and we loved each other. So we just battle away and get beat, laugh it off, have a couple of beers, and that was probably under 18s, I suppose, or under 16s. But no, it was a good time. Loved the time at Barney.
1: What year and how old were you when you debuted in the seniors? Do you remember?
2: I reckon I might have been. I reckon it was either Graham Langsworth or um, Gary Hamer coaching. I reckon I might have been 16 or 17. Probably 16, 77, I reckon. Yep. Yeah. I think I might have won the under-17 best and first in 77. So it could be when I was 17, 78. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Around that
2: time. yeah. Like, so I remember was- I get to Bar and Edge and they've won a flag, get there in 73. They win another flag, and they win one in 74. And I'm looking at these players playing, and they were be heroes. And I just wanted to play footy with them. Yeah.
1: So you would, have, you would have ended up playing with quite a few of them, you know.
2: Uh, most, of the side, and, most of the time, side. most of that side. The 73 or 74 side, I played with yep. most of them.
1: Alan Watto, Jackie Evans, yep. Alan Fry, Jeff Fry, Neil Hanson, John yep. O. Yep. Uh, Kenny Mack.
2: Kenny Mack. Corners. Yeah, I played with all of them, most of them anyway. But and I looked up to them, so that was fantastic. Some of the some of the games we played and things what some of these players did was blow your mind. You thought we were playing against AFL players when you were playing with them. It was really good.
0: Usually, there's two. There's who was the best one of those lot, and who was your yep. favourite of those lot?
2: My best footballer to me was Gordon Watson. Yep, they had stats back in the day. What I'd be 35 plus every week. Yeah. He was everywhere. Yeah. He was everywhere. He didn't win multiple best and fairies if he couldn't play footy. To me, Watto. And my favourite one all the time was Jeff Nicholson. Yes. Nico, yes. Nico, Nico. Could I tell some stories about playing footy with Nico? It, but he was a superstar. He, yeah. he should have played BFL. He yes. was a superstar. I've seen him jump on bloke's shoulders, stand and start i seen him belt a bloke 52 times before they hit the ground one day at Barnett's, and that was at Ferguson from Newcomb. And I was, I might have been injured that day, and I was in the in our old club rooms, and his bloke goes, Oh, this young bloke's going to get the eat his belted out of him. Well, Nico grabbed him in the head, like, and when they hit the ground, Ferguson didn't go near Nico the rest of the game. Yeah. And I thought, Whoa, who is he? But then he proceeded to run down the foreline, line, jump on the bloke's shoulder, and kick the ball through the goals 70 metres out.
0: Yeah, Alan Fry told the story about about Ferguson being said after the game he said I've only ever been frightened of two blokes and one of them was today <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, yeah he held him up that day mate yeah but it was good he was he was a jet yeah and oh we like that the club was, had good plays everywhere it was amazing like Jono Jono was like I think it's called Paul Welsh another one comes to mind Ah. oh Starry, Starry was good for his size. He was a tough little broad, where'd he come from? Braybrook boy. Raybrook.
0: yes, same as Nico. And
2: me great mate, Bruni Tucker. Yep. One or two seasons, then met a girl and didn't play again until about 89 when I got him out of retirement to help me out in the twos.
0: Oh, yeah. That's another story. Yeah. yeah. So you you coached the twos for in a couple of years or just one year?
2: No, one glorious year, Teddy. Yeah. Um. The club was struggling. I was on the committee and no one would apply for the coaching job. We were a rap. We got this bloke called Gary Goggin.
0: Yes. Sounds
2: like a bit of a football name. No, we'll go with him for seniors. And we advertise the position, advertise the position. And I was working with Watto at the time. I said to Watto at work, I said, bugger it, I'm going to have a crack at coaching the Tuesday. He goes, Ah, oh, do it, mate. You'll get the job. You'll get the job. I said, all right. So the next committee meeting, he put my hand up. And they said, how much do you want, Mitch? And I said, all oh, right. Thousand for the year. I said that's a lot of money back then. That's three weeks' work, and they said, "Yep, no worry, it's not a problem. You've got it." But on one condition. I went, "Oh, here we go. What's what's the condition? You've got to play seniors." I said, "Hang on, I want to be playing coach of the twos." So he goes, "I think it was uh, Gubbo at the time, or could have been Creasy. I'm not too sure." But they said, "No, nah, you must play seniors. You can play seconds if you want, but you have to play seniors." So with that, that year I played thirty-six games of footy.
0: We were playing both.
2: Played everyone in the seniors and I was playing in the twos till three quarter time. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a long year, but a funny year, because I recruited Max and Breeding out of retirement. Yeah. And we driving to Torquay to get our bums kicked by Torquay and smelt this funny odor coming from the back seat. And I was actually driving these days. So oh. that's a strange, right? That first year of license, 89. So you
1: would have your key plates on then.
2: Certainly did, yep. Yeah. At 28? Nah, 28, 29, yeah, something like that. Yeah, 28, yep, pee plates on, routers pants. finally got my license. Anyway, we're driving the talk, and I have this funny odor coming from the back seat, and I hear these stubbies open. I turned around and said, What do you blokes have to? Having a drink and whatever, and we'll be right. I think Max and Bruni got in the best plays that day, but they were half cut when they plain. But they're the things you do, we had to do. We couldn't get a second side together that year. We would be lucky to have 18 players. Cookie's younger brother, one game at Torquay, we were getting smashed. I didn't have a bench. and I said, Cookie, I need you to go on the ball and watch it so on the ball. He goes, I can't, I'm stuffed, I'm knackered. I said, no, all right, sit on the freaking bench then. So I put him on the bench for a quarter and we played one man down just to teach him a lesson, you know.
0: Who's that? Just, uh, S- Scott. Scott. Scott, is it? Scott Cook, yeah. Scott,
2: yeah. 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 his younger brother. Yeah. Is it? He's He's young-
0: yeah.
2: yeah. 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 So he learnt the lesson, though. Yeah. It's always a lesson in
0: it. It's always about. What about senior coaches, Mitch? That you, like me, you went through a few of them. You got there a I bit just, earlier than me. Yes. Those senior coaches, who, of all the senior coaches at barnheads Heads, I've, I reckon I've got a rough idea who your favourite was. But uh, yes, who was
2: it? Hey,
0: oh, I had I had nine
2: coaches in. I think I played eleven years. Yeah, split. I had nine coaches. Graham Langsworth, um, Peter Mannery, Lee Crawford, John Dunn, Shane Poulter, Eric Wilson, Mark Humphries, and this bloke was only for about three weeks, Gary Goggin. But the best one I had, the man who made me play the best football was Terry Walsh. Yep, I agree. Absolutely the best coach I've ever had. He knew what he was
1: doing,
2: didn't he? Yeah, and well, she—I'd run for a brick wall for him because he—he always put me aside and said, "This is what I want you to do." This is—and I never had that before. You're going to play back pocket, Mitch, and I questioned him. I said, "Why do you want me to play back pocket?" Because I like kicking goals, well she. And he said, "Because you can't run but one way, and you only kick the ball. You never handball." It. I said, "Well, I don't like handballing because." Why should I do all the hard work and get the bloody thing then handball it to someone in a better position? Nah, I get the ball, I want to kick it, and I always like that.
1: I, Mitch, I always remember the day that you did go up forward against St. Leonards, at St. Leonards. Yes. I don't know who to coach it then. Might have been Ferret, I reckon. Yeah, Red probably Shane, I think, that. yep. Yeah,
0: yep.
1: You went up to, you went. I don't know whether you went to the forward pocket or I don't know whether you went to half forward flank. I don't even know whether they put you there or you just went up there yourself.
2: I think I was playing in the back pocket.
1: Yeah. And ah. you seemed to find the ball from memory seven times in the last quarter.
2: Yes. Yeah. And
1: every time you were in the goal square of our forward zone mm-hmm. and every time you had a shot at goal with a torpedo.
2: Yes, correct.
1: travelled about 60 metres into the middle of the lake at St Leonard's.
2: That was the idea. Yes. That was the idea because because when I kicked my first one, I ran into the gold square and the bloke behind me said, don't kick it big, don't kick it big, don't kick it in the lake. I went, ha, sounds like a plant. So every time I got it, I got it seven times in the gold square. I wasn't, yeah. so someone was getting to and I just bang him into the lake. And after the fourth one, someone said, you better stop doing that because they've run out of footballs. But yep. <laughs> actually ran out of footies. Well, it's, it's no, I,
0: I think it's no coincidence that St Leonard's is no longer in the competition and the footy club doesn't exist anymore. Because you sent him broke on football.
2: <laughs> well, might have been, but it was a terrible place to play footy. Yeah, it wasn't. I, fe- I feared for my life there one day. Yeah. yeah. I clipped Glenn Murphy in the first quarter. I thought this bloke ain't so tough. So I give him a clip. And you proceeded to spend the rest of the day chasing me. And what matters made matters worse, Alan Fry was playing too then. And he was on the banner line with Ed Fro and he was saying to Glenn Murphy, there's number 13, get him now, get him now. And So I just stopped playing I said, oh, Fryballs, shut the effing up. He wants to kill me. And he chased me all day but never got me. And after the game, put his arms around me and said, I didn't catch a young fella. We had a beer together.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: That's what it was all about in those
2: days, wasn't it? Oh, beer, mate, yes. That's why you play footy so you could get tired and have a drink. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Those couple of seasons that you played uh, when Walshy was coaching, Yes. Did we play finals in both those seasons?
2: Only 82. Yeah, We Just missed out in 83. 82. We were one kick away from winning that that year. Yeah, that just One kick away, I'll say.
0: Yeah.
2: Yep. I remember the game vividly. I remember the set, like the start of the game, the start of the week was on the Friday. And I was at Maxie's joint. And Maxie had been named emergency. And Phil Grinter had done a fitness test. And failed it. And I seen – actually, it might have been Dunny. Could have been – no, it was Walshie, but I seen someone else down the street and said, if you see Max, tell him he's in. Because no phones and that thing. Tell him. Yeah, yeah. And Max yeah. go to Eden. So still I was went, phone. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I went to Max's place and said, hey, mate, you're in. Phil, Phil Grinners. So we got to play with Max in one, so that was good.
1: That, that uh, team in the uh, 80, in 82 that Walshie coached, Mitch yeah. – um, and yeah. Chooker spoke pretty passionately about that, that that was one that got away. Yeah.
2: Um, and oh, yeah.
1: Did a bit of research into the team that day. <laughs> You've got Jono, Watto, Brian Marshman, Chooker. Yep. Tim McClellan and Alan Fry all played in all the premierships together. All-time club legends, all six of them. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. You've got
1: blokes added into that mix, Paul Welsh and Gary Welsh. Paul went on and played a lot of footage, along long seconds. Kim and Wayne Corns joined the team by that stage. Noel Sheehan, who was a fantastic player, Andy Donnelly, who had a real presence around the forward line himself, Steve Thompson, Ecky, and then the young blokes as well that were sort of in and out like uh, Mark Stevo, Max, and Phil Dott. So it's a pretty strong side.
0: Graham Stanford in that team, nip?
1: Yeah, he would have been too. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. been as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a few in and out. But I mean, when you look at six all time legends of the club in the same team, and then you're adding the likes of, you know, the oh, well, John oh, John gosh, Downey man. was a phenomenal footballer.
2: Yes. Um, yeah.
1: And, you know, Wayne and Kim Corns were bloody good players as well. Like, there's, there's, there's no passengers there.
2: 82, 83 was probably my best time as senior football there because we were close to the finals. We are up amongst it. But other than that, we, we struggled. We really did. Yeah. Yeah. After yeah.
0: that, it sort of. While she tagged you as a one way player, Mitch, and, a, and you didn't handball, yeah. so he put you in the back pocket with Alan Fry, that, that sounds like a bright move, doesn't it? Because there was a one way player left footer who didn't handball either. You both would have been fighting over being in the same pocket, wouldn't you? Yeah, so and
2: a... plus, we had Joey Marshman that's in our back, yeah. and, got, like, and me and Alan either side, and Marshall wouldn't handball either, he just got kicked ground. So it was just get the ball and kick it long, boys.
0: Yeah, well, the game was pretty different then.
2: Yeah. I remember kicking out one time and calling out Watto's name and Watto's in the forward pocket he goes, what are you doing, you dickhead? I'm in the forward pocket. But I was calling out his name to get the ball. So that's what my mindset But you
0: did have stints where, and I know that's what uh, Walsh did with you, and I, I guess with Jono and Watto and blokes like that in the team, it's pretty hard to get a roving commission, isn't it? Um, yeah. There's some pretty good players there. So you got you just got to take what you can get. But there were, late, there were later times when when you were pretty much the first rover of the club, and and you did go forward and kick a lot of goals, and you were a pretty dynamic sort of a player. You had phenomenal leg speed, I remember. Every every club's got a little fat redhead, and you were our little fat <laughs> redhead. And you yeah. and you really, but you really did have great leg speed. Once you were going, I don't know if you were, had a great acceleration, but once you were at top speed, not many blokes would catch up.
2: Yeah, and also I kicked on my left foot and I um, bounced the ball right-handed. So people thought actually I was a right-footer. So they'd go onto my right side, not they just leave the left side open, so I'd just take off and do torpedoes mainly. Didn't Mitch,
1: Mitch, that one time that you did handball, it was a right-handed handball too, wasn't
2: it? Would have had to be a nipper, wouldn't have been a left-handed handball.
1: You, you handball right-handed, don't
2: you? Yes. Yeah. A bit like yeah. me cricket, mate. I'm all over the <laughs> shop.
1: I have a shot like a with breakfast. Hey, something just came into my head then. That What's team that? in eighty two, you would have had, I imagine, Marshy and Kim Corns probably key positioned up the upper back, maybe John Downey. But your your flankers and back pockets in that team would have been you, Alan Fry, Cornsy and Steve Thompson.
2: Yep, correct.
1: All left footers.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, well there you go. There you go. wow oh, well picked up, Nip.
1: I reckon Tomo's the only one that handballed.
2: He probably was. He probably was, and probably the only one who got it more than us too. <laughs> Boy, I didn't get the ball much, I just tried to stop it, yeah. And in that team, I wasn't good enough to play on the ball on that. So I was happy yeah. with back pocket. I was happy. Got your name read out first, or third, one or the other. So that was all right.
0: But later on, you did get to play on the ball, and you you probably changed Raven with Watto a fair bit, who was your working partner as well. You could, probably couldn't get away from him, could you?
2: Ah, uh, we lived in each... Watto was... uh I might tear up here. He was the biggest, father figure I ever had. Yep. He coached me in footy, but more than that, he taught me a job. He taught me a skill set in life. me taught me fencing and looked after me.
1: Tell you one thing he didn't teach you? What's that? He didn't teach you how to
2: wear shoes. No, I wear shoes. He doesn't. he doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't wear shoes at my wedding. And
0: that's fair, he probably didn't wear Actually, shoes I, of his own.
1: <laughs> I saw him in a pair of shoes about two years ago uh, at a well-known winery. It was Melbourne Cup day and he had to dress oh. up and he was—he had shoes on. He went out and brought oh. them specific, specifically for the occasion and he didn't like them and he wasn't going to keep them. <laughs> <laughs> It just didn't look like what I was. They were black and they were polished, and it was just not him. He, if he had had a pair of dirty old blundstones on or something like that, he might have, might have been all right.
2: That would have been lace ups because he wouldn't know how to do up lace.
1: No, they might have been slip ons actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a good
2: man. A good man he is. Yeah. yeah. Good man. yeah. And you hear what he did recently? Yeah. What was he doing, Nipper? You know what his hobby is. What's that? Gold prospecting. Yes. Done alright. He's done alright with anything he does. Yeah, no, he just got a he
1: just got a nice little nugget, apparently
2: they
0: said the other day.
1: Good on him. Yeah. And and then he put the nail gun through his hand. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's because he hasn't got you there to watch him, Mitch.
1: The post he said to me the other day he said, Oh, I bumped into Watto and he wasn't working. I said the well, last time I saw him he said he had a bit of work on. He said, No, he's put his nail
2: nail through his hand and he can't work. <laughs> Wouldn't happen because we used to use a bloody hammer and nails
0: not. Yeah. Nail
2: gun. Never yeah. had nail guns nowadays.
0: Actually, I want to talk to you about that, Mitch, because pe- people from Bowen Heads and people in the Footy Club would know, and they would have, whenever they saw Wado, you weren't far away from him, you know. And yeah. we used to see him a lot of a lot of times round Bowen Heads doing fences. He was the first bloke you called. You didn't even call him. You wait till you saw him at the Footy Club, told him your fence was buggered, and you come around and fix it. Working in and Heads, digging holes to put fences. I couldn't think of anything worse with that limestone. How'd you go?
2: Funny you say that, Teddy, I've got a good story, right? I reckon I was 17, starting to make it into the seniors, so I had to train with the seniors and all that sort of stuff. Started working with Watto, and he put me on this job. It could have been a no-zone road, full of limestone. He gave me the crowbar and the shovel and said, so there dig me some holes. So I banged away all day and developed blisters on every finger, thumb, palm of me hands. Went to train and couldn't mark the ball. Couldn't mark the ball and... I don't know who the coach was at the time. He said, what's going on? Why can't you mark the ball? And I showed him his hand. He goes, what's happened to you? I said, I work with Wado. He goes, I say no more. And I <laughs> went. I actually went to training with Band-Aids all over my hands because they were destroyed for a day's work with Wado. Yeah. But what hurts you makes you tougher. So you know, I had good times working with Wado. Got to see um, Mick, which is Trace, and Clint, grow up. That was pretty special. Spent a lot of times, like, Sometimes we go. I'd go around probably on my pushbike about seven thirty where we work and what day he goes. Oh, look at the day. We'll go fishing. I said, yeah, let's Go fishing, but he'd say You're not getting paid for the day. So I'd, <laughs> I'd throw away me eighty bucks. So we go fishing all day. Gold, bloody gold, really good. No, he was a good boss. Him and Judy looked after me.
1: Yeah. And he's still working digging
2: holes and building fences. Silly old bugger. I told him that the other time when I seen him. I said, What are you still fancy for? Don't you start with me? Is it? <laughs> he stitched mm. me
1: up the other day. He was he was putting in some posts out at the winery that were oh, they were they were from the famous Carr Street Cypresses. So uh Tony Lawrence cut down the cypress trees in Carr Street and milled it up and he's got these posts that are probably five by five inches square. Mm. And and was putting them in uh, holes to fill the fence you know, on a farm. Yep. And I was out there talking to him, he said, oh, can you do me a favour and grab one of those posts and put it in the hole for me? And I went over to pick it up. I couldn't even lift it off the ground. I said, you were joking me, aren't you? And he said, yeah, I am, actually. Said, we'll get the bobcat in later on and pick him up. <laughs> <laughs> you have a crack at Yeah, I can lift that. Oh, I don't know
2: how heavy it was. you worked with us at one stage, didn't you, Nip? I
1: did, I did work You're with You
2: were a with driver. You had to yeah. be the driver,
1: yeah, yeah. I'd, a lot of the time we'd start in the morning, and at lunchtime, I'd go out in the truck and load it up with the next day's uh, Railing, and, that, yep. and go and drop it off somewhere, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. Remember, that. remember that, it's good, it's good,
1: yeah. And then we did those railings on the horse stuff,
2: yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was at Leopold there, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, big mad
0: stallions. What, you, yeah. blokes? You're, no, the, you're horses, the big man stallions, no, the horse is yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, chasing, chasing floss around Leopold. Oh, a Nipper probably was, but I wasn't.
1: They <laughs> did have one
2: of those. What are they called? Those little ponies? Yeah, um, teasing ponies. They are the, the
1: primers or something. Yeah, they oh, tease yeah. them
2: up going. They're about two foot nothing. Yeah, they, they, they tease the mares. Oh, that's
1: fantastic
0: to watch so Mitch we talked about footballers uh, that we played with what about blokes uh, from other clubs Uh, if you're anything like Nipper and I in 11 years of playing senior footy you've probably made a few mates that play at other footy clubs and you've seen a lot of good players playing who's the best player you saw at at another club
2: Oh, that's a tough one it really is because Oh, look at my time, you had Bokey, Torquay, gun. Phil Stringer, gun. Russell Grant, musclehead, he was as tough as the Cats had to play against. He'd give, yeah, as good as he got. Heap, Daryl Bissett, come down as an 18-year-old to Port, which his old man. Kicked 100, Kicked 100 goals,
0: 100
2: yeah. In his year. Well, that was yeah. that 82
0: season, Mitch. He, yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah. yeah. They yeah. went pretty close that year, didn't they?
2: Well, they beat us in the final, that final. Yeah. Queensliff and um, I can remember my mother she, she's a die-hard Bulldog supporter as you both probably will know. Yeah. Love, play with passion and that day I was playing on Georgie Bissett in that final and I was giving Georgie a bit and mum was barricading for Georgie and saying to me leave our Georgie alone
0: <laughs> Leave our Georgie I, alone you dirty little yeah. <laughs> um, yeah,
2: You dirty little red-headed bastard <laughs> You had me <laughs> But anyway um." The best to me was Bokeh. Yeah. For the only simple reason I say, they did tell me up in one game. I remember the game mm-hmm. we played, playing, playing Torque at home. Steve Mark Steve or Hugo, was full back. I was in the back pocket. Hugo was on um, Colsey, Percy. Yeah. I was on Bokey. First quarter, talky kicked 14 goals, I think, in the first quarter. And they, they were giving us a flogging. Anyway, after the first quarter, me and O's sitting on the bench, and Steve-O goes to Walshy, well, "What are we on the bench for?" And Walshy goes, "Are you kidding me? How many goals you get kicked on you?" And Steve goes, "But well, what about blokes who were giving him the ball? We was playing on them." And that you Walshy know, went off his nut doing so. I I pretended to tr- like get up for the next get on the ground and start doing a bit of warm up. And <laughs> Steve Stevo's come over. He goes, "Don't sit on the bench." Walshy's a bit cooked with us. I think I don't know why, but why he was Percy had kicked six. And I think Bokey had kicked six or seven on me.
0: In, in the quarter. I
2: mean, yeah, in a quarter, Teddy. Boki absolutely towed me up. And it was one bloke I'd never ever go at, wouldn't whack. Because I just love the man. He yeah. could seriously would he? Um Dangerfield from Anglesey, Johnny yep. Dangerfield. Patrick's Oh Limer. man, he could play. He could play.
1: Johnny, yeah.
2: Herbo, he could play. Eric. Eric, yeah, he could play. Yeah. Froggy Richards, he was a scary big man. <laughs> Remember one day grabbing hold of him on the wing at and Heads and he kept running, bouncing the ball, and I just kept hanging on. And I <laughs> called him up and said, hey, holding the ball. And he goes, what do you mean holding the ball? And he looked down and went, geez, young fella, I didn't know you were there. <laughs> I just and he dragged me on like a big mad bull. <laughs> a, monster man. a monster man. But no, nah, good times. But, yeah, the best would have been bogey. Darryl Leak was pretty good, but he played a lot under 19 so I didn't get to play a lot against Gaggy, but he was good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because they, they left the league pretty. Yeah. Yeah. He played more in yeah. GDFL, didn't he, with them? So.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sarah was good from Ocean Grove. He was like Ocean Grove's Waddle. Sarah. Phil Sarah. Who? Phil Sarah. Port.
0: Port and Torquay. Uh,
2: yeah. Oh,
0: Stringer, sorry. Phil Stringer. Phil oh, Stringer, yeah.
2: Yeah. He was Ocean Grove's yeah. Waddle. Yeah, he, he was. was. Yeah. 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 yeah, he was good football.
0: Good he, he won. He win a league best and fairest. Nick? I think he did. He might have two. Yeah. They won.
2: Th- they won the first one actually. Yeah, you could uh, be right. Have a good one, with Johnny Fagan. He was all right from Newcomb. Johnny Fagan, Newcomb and Port. Yeah, yeah I did Johnny Fagan a uh, love tap one day at Newcomb and um, the whole crowd erupted. It was right in front of them. They started chucking cans at me. And Rexy, Rexy capped a full one at me. I said, thank you, Rexy." But, yeah, I was <laughs> chucking cans at me that day.
0: Rex, you would have towered over. He would have had to throw it up to hit you.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, he couldn't throw it over the fence, did
1: he? <laughs> <laughs> Surprised you a, saw it. Funny bloke, yeah. Johnny Fagan, isn't he, Mitch? Because he played a lot of footy at Port Arlington, a lot of footy at Newcombe, a lot of footy, footy at Newtown. He's a yeah. very, very good footballer. Oh, yeah. And his old man... Was a life member of the Bowen Heads Cricket Club. Yes. And um, I think I've heard a rumour where we nearly got him down to Bowen Heads at one
2: stage. Football. But I Football. Up at, um, at when he went when to we Port? Started. Yeah. Or when he went to Port or when he went to Newcomb? Yeah, I can't remember. But yeah. he was certainly a very good player. Talented.
0: Mitch, I, the other thing we like to talk about, a lot of people that aren't players from around our footy club, and you being a person who was on the committee, and you've yeah. always been. I remember as a young bloke when you were coaching us, you always used to mention people like, and I'll, I'll use Freddie Wilmore as an example. This is one I can remember you saying, you blokes need to actually play well and do your best. You don't have to win. You don't have to be the greatest players. You just got to do your best because there's all these people around you and they're doing their best so that you can be out here. The blokes like yeah. Fred. Um, um, and who, who are the other blokes? Like around our footy club. And I mean, this is about the history of the history of the yeah. club. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Bonnie Cameron.
1: Yeah.
2: Heart and soul. Heart and soul.
1: Absolutely.
2: Um, Gubbo, great president. He was a player's president, Gubbo. He invites you around to his place and have a few beers or whatever. So that was good days in the bungalow. The netball part of it, like back in the day, we, if the netball club didn't survive, the foot club, footy club was gone. So cool. yeah, people like Christine Small, Laurel sure. Shell is now Bezidi. They did a lot of tireless work to get things happening in the club, like to make money because they knew if the netball club didn't help out, the club would fall right. up We would have. so. Yes, and Freddie well. Well once he was stated one time, he goes, netballers, leave them down where they are down that back corner so we can't hear them. And that's so, how back in the day they thought about netball club. But the netball club in some ways did save our club for what they did and wasn't wasn't seen or acknowledged where it should have been. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. Yeah, they were all very keen to get involved in any way they could, weren't they? You know, and you mentioned obviously Laurel and Christine, Robin Pallum. She was instrumental yep. in those yeah. times, and yeah. uh, they always had something going on. And they were always involved. And they were always having, you know, social events and that sort of thing. And they were they were fantastic.
2: See, I look to now and how many teams the club's got, and the, the junior girl, girls and the junior boys. It's amazing how it's growing but from little things big things grow and then people were the little things that started big things growing yeah exactly
0: right yes the netball club's been a big part of our club and we've always said i think i think last couple of years ago they had every team make finals yep and i think five teams or six teams or something make grand finals they didn't they didn't have a great day and they only got one out of it but now they're they're doing great things and if you look back at our at the history of our footy club and finals appearances, most of the finals appearances in our footy club's history have been made by netball teams, not netball. football teams.
2: Exactly right. We've we got far and few between. We, we've we never won a junior till recently. What? So yeah. it went, what, 20-odd years without probably making finals in junior football at the club. Yes. That was the hard part of the club was... You, you can't grow if you haven't got little things behind you. And mm. They did it hard, but they got out the other side, and now they're one of the probably strongest clubs going around, I believe, barn heads, and need a bit more help from the council. Even though they're on crown land, they needed a hand from the council, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, well, t- Tim Goddard's done a lot of work to, to get that to be happening.
2: Partner. Surprises me, partner. Why do you call Timmy Goddard your partner? I don't say partner. I just say partner, not my partner or your partner. I, I, because of cricket, you know that. We used to open the baton in the B grade and gave me a good laugh on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> batting with partner. He'd have get himself in more trouble than the early settlers baton, but he'd hang out there. If
1: there was a way of getting out that wasn't invented, Timmy got up and find
2: it. Yes, yes. he invented a lot of them, yes. But no, I am really respectful, Timmy because if you said to me, When I was in my thirties, that Timmy um, Goddard would one day be president of this club, I would have just fell over in a heap laughing. And that's that's the oddest truth. But he's doing a great job, very wise man.
1: We uh, we actually mentioned that recently at a gathering of friends about twelve months ago, where Timmy Goddard and Simon Farrell were sitting down there at a table together, (laughs) and I said. Who would have thought 30, 30 years ago that these two blokes would be the power breakers of the Mallory? <laughs> <laughs> no, they both agreed. They wouldn't
2: have picked it, but um, it was quite ironic. Bloody good.
0: Bloody good. I mentioned it earlier, my story about you know people around the club and Nipper, you said Mitch was uh, a fa- famous face around the club and other people from other clubs would know him. When when I first came to Baron Heads, which was 1976, 76. for the first I reckon six weeks I was at Baron Heads, I thought Mitch was one of twins, and the the reason I thought it was because on a on a Monday I'd I'd be at the footy club at training and there'd be this bloke there, and he'd be little redheaded bloke and he'd be running around and telling everyone what to do and. He was obviously well connected and knew his way around and he was one of the older boys. And then later on in the week, I wouldn't see that bloke, but I'd see his brother. And his brother had a beard. And then I and I just thought, well, there's two of them. There's one, one that doesn't have a beard, and one that has got a beard. And it took me a <laughs> took me about three weeks to realise that on a Sunday this bloke must have shaved, and on Monday he was clean shaven. But by Friday he'd have a beard. And I, then I realised he was only one person. It took me—it's It took me about three or four weeks at being at the footy club to realise you weren't twins, Mitch, because you were bloody everywhere.
2: Oh well, um, it's not hard to be everywhere in a small town. <laughs> but <laughs> you
1: used to walk everywhere,
2: though, Mitch. Yes. Oh, me push bike and me push bike, Nipper. Yeah, went through a few of them in my time, but yeah, but yeah, I, I don't reckon I'd be whippers if I had got my license when I was eighteen. There yeah. you go, I was a bit wild, so
0: you were a bit wild, Mitch. You, yeah. You, yeah, you used to love a love a, a good time when you were a young bloke, and but, um, and I suspect it's one of the things that Walshie did for you as a footballer, at least, was that he got you off the piss on a Friday night.
2: He he tried. Yeah. But if he, he wasn't, if he wasn't at my place, well, he did not know I was on the piss. Yeah. But yeah, we were banned from the pub, Teddy. We yeah. weren't allowed to go to the pub on a Friday night. Yeah. It Wasn't a good thing for the club. No, that's right. So we just went to each other's places and got yeah. On the piss. Yeah. But if he caught you, he'd punish you on the training track. Well he Welshie was a great case, but he couldn't count. Well right. couldn't count. Yeah. Like, like 40 meter Sprints, we're going to do 40 of them. You end up doing 60. Yeah. <laughs> doing 20 wind sprints, boys, because you got done on the weekend. Oh, great. So you do 20, goes to Eki one night. How do you feel? Eki goes, I'm great. Oh, you haven't done it hard enough. Let's do some more. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was even do 10 of this and it end up 15. Or we're going to go for a pre-season run. And we thought, oh, yeah, we'll run to the rafts and back. He puts you on a bus and send you to the middle of nowhere and say, get off, run home. Yeah. <laughs> What do you mean, run home? Yeah. So well, he'd go on the bus, he'd climb on the bus with Noel Egan and all the boys and they'd get back to the club rooms and we're in the middle of nowhere running trying to get back to the club rooms, except for a couple. Yeah. new knew how to hitchhike and that. They, they got back quicker than us.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, hey, uh, Mitch, you just mentioned Noel Egan, who was a
1: reserves coach during the 70s and he was sort of a bit of an assistant for Welshie, who moved with Welsh. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, they worked together on the SEC, didn't they? Yep. So uh, he would have had a pretty big influence on your life. You
2: ended up marrying one of his daughters? Yeah, he um, chased me away at an early age. <laughs> so I had to get a bit quicker. Yes, I married one of his daughters, yes. and had a lot to do with him over the years. He
1: was he was pretty uh, well credentialed
2: coach when he came to Barron wasn't he? Norfolk Park boy. Yeah. On Norfolk Park. And he actually made a comeback when he. Coach Bowen is. I remember wearing Peter Hudson boots and he socks up in his long shorts. And I reckon Nolly would have been in any 40s and made a back and played in the two. So that was quite a hilarious though. Wow. Well, uh, 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 yeah. uh, uh, yeah. you, you know Nip I went into a pub with him in Eagle Hawk. We yes. Had, uh, we had the white horse in Eagle Hawk for a couple of years. That's right. Yeah. Good times. Three years. I was yeah. like Rooster in a bloody hen house, mate. We're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> As I have another drink of water.
0: Oh, you've been very well behaved, Mitch. Well done. Oh,
2: you said to Teddy, "I'll listen to you." No, I did. <laughs> I, I must have missed out
1: on that memo.
0: <laughs> just, these are just my memories of you, Mitch. So I oh, know it's not about me; it's about you. But I'm talking about you, so that's all right. That's right, yeah. When I was a young bloke, it, there's a lot of pressure on younger fellas who, to do things that they maybe don't want to do. Like I wasn't into having a beer until I was a bit older and you know, that sort of thing just wasn't my go. And we used to go to the be functions and all the other blokes would be gone. No, you got to have a beer. You got to have a beer. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I knew that my parents wouldn't have liked that. So it was something that I didn't want to do. Out of respect for them more than anything. Because when I actually did start to get on the beer, I made up for it, So believe me. <laughs> but always, there were two blokes that always used to tell the other blokes, leave him alone, he doesn't want to do it, he doesn't have to do it, leave him alone. One of them was you, and the other one was Hilo. And I've always had a great deal of respect for both of you because of that, because of those sort of things. And I, it wasn't just me, I saw you do it with a lot of other blokes where there's a bit of niggling goes goes on around the younger blokes. And it, I mean, today they call it bullying, but it's not. It's just that niggling that goes on. It can turn into a bit nastier and it does sometimes mess with young blokes' heads than it did nowadays. But you were one of the, And you are probably ahead of your time in that just saying to blokes, you don't know where he's coming from, so just leave him alone. There'll be a reason why he doesn't want to do that or why he does that. Don't pick on him for it. And I've always been... Very respectful of, of that, behaviour in both you and Hilo. Yeah,
2: well, Hilo was before his time. He was, he was like our coach when we were playing footy and cricket with him. If Hilo told you to do something, you would do it. You wouldn't wouldn't ask wouldn't ask questions. You just do it. Hilo was way before his time. And me, to me, it was a part of bullying. To me, it looked like bullying, and I I hated bullying because I got. Bullied like shit. So I become a bully at tech to to protect myself. So, and when i seen kids, and you would have been young and they would have been egging on to get on the piss and maggot yourself and go home and get totally uh, not abused by your parents, but yelled at and all that. And I yeah. didn't see that happen. And because you are out and it, and word would have got back, oh, they were with Mitch and Hilo and Max or something. You know what I
0: mean? Yeah. So
2: that's why I sort of stepped in a bit of the times, but. I can't remember that. Thanks for that. But I reckon Hilo would have done it all the time.
0: Yeah, it wasn't yeah, so I much. Know
2: a- one,
1: there was one bloke you, neither
2: of you gave advice
1: to. Who's that? Me!
2: <laughs> we couldn't control you. No yeah. way, no. You were mad, mate. You were a, just a mad kid. Teddy reckons I was everywhere. You were pinging off the world's walls at a young age. I remember the first time I met you, Nip. You're on the Bloody Lands room floor in your PJs. With yeah. your little suitcase full of cars. And Legos. And Legos. And the first time I ever met you. I've still got it.
0: Oh, he still I've hasn't worked cr- out cr- how to put the aeroplane together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I might get it out this afternoon and have play with
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I met you the first time, I think, Teddy at the Cricket Club, when Mark and you came over to play cricket, I think, from tennis.
0: Oh No, we just first got there. We've come down to play tennis. Play cricket,
2: yeah. Oh right, I thought you had sort of played tennis before that.
0: No, I went off yeah. and played tennis after that. I, I sort of realised that I was only ten, yep, and Mark was only eight, and there was eight. under 16s. Yes, And yes. like, I just was like, "Oh, these kids are too big, and there's too many of them, and I'll go and find something else else to do." And yep. um, and then when Mum found out, Mum and Dad found out that we played against Lawn and Winchelsea. <laughs> then there was no way we were bloody playing playing cricket <laughs> so I think the first game was against, was versus lawn I said I am playing cricket mum it's against lawn well, whereabouts at lawn <laughs> she said um yeah I met a nice lady called Annette Cullen the other day she's the tennis coach we might maybe we'll take you down to play tennis so I didn't
2: <laughs> yeah nice and close there yeah. uh, lawn I nearly took your brother Mark or Cat to Queensland. He was coming with me to Queensland to play in '85 for my brother's side. He was signed, sealed, and delivered. And the brother rang me up on the Thursday night before we were heading off and said, Oh, I've got a Ruckman. I don't really need a Ruckman now. And I went, Oh, bugger you. And Phil Dodd overheard it. And Phil Dot said, oh, I'll come with you, Mitch. So Dotty ended up coming with me. But Mark was very close to going to Queensland with me. Yes, he loved
0: it. He has mentioned that to me a couple of times.
2: Yeah, he was really close to coming with us. He would have gone but,
0: all right. He would have gone all right up there.
2: Yeah, but now Ruckman was pretty good too. He played carbon twos. Yeah. Warren Rawson was his name, and yeah. he was a gun. What wow. Yeah, was a nipper Yeah, he was all right. He was a good yeah. football. Yeah. Tell you what,
1: to be honest, I had a run up at Middlemount, and I roved to the great Warren Rawson, and I also roved a lot to Captain Mel at Barland Heads in under eighteen, and senior footy, and... They were both very similar players and probably the two best ruckmen that I've ever rose to, both of them. Uh,
2: Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yep. Cat was phenomenal.
1: Cat had had that uncanny skill of being able to palm the ball exactly where you asked for it or exactly where he knew it was going to go to. So him and I used to um, say short or long and he'd palm it straight behind his back and I'd be at his feet he would Palm at long he would have to hit it over someone's head be in the open. But he had a very, very good control of the ball. The
0: old, uh, Captain L. Mm. He's a lot he was a lot better footballer than his than his um brother. Brother than his brother. He was a much better footballer than his brother. He's a lot better footballer than his his stats would suggest. He just didn't love it. Yep. He he liked playing footy because that's where his mates were but he didn't love the game as much, and whereas a lot of us, Cornsy used to say t- to me, and he took he Cornsy took me under his arm when I first started playing senior footy, and he said, "If you're going to do any good, you got to hurt." Cat thought always used to say to me, "I reckon I can do all right without hurt," and yeah, so he, yeah. you know he sort of got to that level, and then there was a step to go, and he just he either wasn't capable of it, or he or he didn't have the confidence. I don't know what it was, but he was. He's a very good player. He's a great he mark. For a bloke who couldn't see the ball, he had a oh, great yeah. pair of hands.
2: Yeah, he, he didn't have that C word in him,
0: Teddy. Yes. You? Yeah, we talked about had that. that in, and if yeah, he, had he had that was, in him... He
2: was courageous. No, but he didn't have that kill-your-attitude. Yeah. Yeah, not courageous, Nipper. Yeah. The one on, yeah, that's oh. true.
0: So, Mitch, I reckon we've gone around to the point where we're going to come back to your two truths and a lie. Yep. Hang on
1: a second, Danny. Yeah. Hang on one second. I've got a question to ask Mitch. All right. It's based around the start of the conversation, number 13. Yes. I don't know whether you remember this, Mitch, or not. You did mention that I might know more about you than you know about yourself. Yes. I right. remember you as a kid wearing number 33. Correct. Yes. Yes.
2: Right. Bruce Curvis. I
1: wasn't too sure, but I do remember you wearing 33. Mm-hmm. And I have it here in a footy record, you're listed as number four.
2: Four? Oh. Four. Never remember playing in four.
1: Okay, so that. it might have just been a type of something like that, but I'm just trying to find it now. There it is, 1987, oh, Johnny, Star- Johnny Star was, was number 13. I of thought four. I was 53. Yeah, so there was no 53 listed, so I oh. do remember you were of 53, yeah. <coughs>
2: Well, that I won. I wore fifty three and eighty seven because that's yeah. when I come over from Queensland and Starley yeah. there Clarence thirteen. Yeah, so they must have been going to give you the number four. But I was, uh, I was gone for a, gone for a, a year and a half, and they took me thirteen off me. Didn't don't,
1: put don't, don't him all about numbers and losing them. I didn't do pre-season one year, and they took me jumper off
2: me. Yeah, well, I thought that was a bit rude. Went away for a year and a half, and they didn't put it on mothball so I got back.
1: I only missed pre-season. Oh, yeah. Well, and I lost number
2: three. And I still and talk to
1: Starry the next year and
2: lost number two. I still talk to Starry to this day and say so it's your fault I wore fifty three, but we have a giggle about it. Ah, that,
1: that must be Teddy the highest numbered guest we've had on the podcast now. Number fifty three. Yes,
0: well we had number fifty one on our last one.
1: 50. So, 50. uh yeah, sorry, fifty.
0: 50. One. Yeah, so fifty three, yeah, you are the highest numbered guest, Mitch. There right. you go. Yeah,
2: there you go. All right,
1: two truths okay. and a
0: lie. Two truths and yep. a
2: lie. Okay,
1: I know
0: the answer. I well, say, so do I? Yeah. What is it? I don't reckon you ever got it reported. What's no. your no. Nipper?
1: Well, I know for a fact the first one you said was you played for three clubs. Yes, you didn't. You played for two clubs. You never played for Gunbower. Played for Middlemount. You played for, for Ball Heads. Heads. Oh, all right. Second one, you played no. for Papua New. You played against Papua New Guinea. Yes. Don't make that shit up. All right. Yep. Because I know when I played for Middlemount, I got in the squad to play against Papua New Guinea. Yep, but I
2: didn't play. Yep.
1: And the other one that you've never been reported—that's
2: right, you've never been reported. Well, I played for three clubs. Oh, I, I played two right. games for Gumbauer in 1991. Oh. we was at the pub in Bendigo. Brucey Bird come and said. I'd been retired for a couple of years, and Bruce Bird said, "Oh, do you want to play for Gumbay? You want to come and play for us?" I said, "Oh, yeah." I lasted two games. I went, "Not for me anymore. That just wasn't fun." I did play against Papua New Guinea, and when I made the um, Taipans North Queensland side, Phil Manassa was their coach. Yeah. I got reported once in football in 1973.
1: First year.
2: First year at Drysdale. The great Pud Gogol got reported in the reserves that day, and I got reported in the under thirteens for whacking a bloke in the goal square. Who'd you hit? I don't know, some dry style dick. I got reported once. So there was your lie.
0: You That's the one I, I picked. That's the one I picked and
2: I never, never got caught. No. Yeah. i not by someone else getting caught. I never got caught getting reported. If you know what you I mean. No, I you, never what?
1: you got me on the gun Bauer one because I didn't think you played at gunbower before you came to Bal Heads. I didn't and I'm- and I was right with that. I didn't know that when you were up at the pub in Bendigo with yeah. Noe, yeah. you snuck out and played a bit of footy at the gun Bloody Two
2: games. But because it did tell me that you were leading the best and fairest after two games, why'd you stop playing? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so was that in the first or in the seconds?
2: Ones. Hey, how dare you? Ones, Teddy. in the ones, at Gumbia. I played seconds one year. When you were the and coach. Yes. <laughs> Because <laughs> I knew when I had a bad game, I thought, "Shit, I'm going to get dropped here. Might do me knee, or might do me hammy, or something like that." <laughs> Save me <and> getting
0: dropped. <laughs> well, Mitch, I, I think we'll wrap it up there. That's been yep. been really, well, really good. The, the memories of Shane Mitchell and there, it's you, you've been, you have been a great stalwart for our footy club. You're certainly part of uh, Nipper and my upbringing as as a person around the club who uh, we both looked up to until we towered over you as a person who who respected the footy club and loved the footy club and when you're a young bloke and you see that in your peers or people who are around about your age it teaches you that it's something to value and I think Nipper and I there's a lot of other people as well who, who we've taken that from but you're certainly one of them for, certainly for me I won't speak for Nip but as somebody who loved the footy club and was passionate about the footy club and was passionate about the things, not, not just the things, not just what happened out inside the lines. It was the stuff that happened off, off the ground, as I spoke to you before about. I was always impressed by how uh, much respect you had for the people who were doing the work rather than just the players. So I thank you for that because you taught me a lesson that I think has served me well. So thank you for your. Your love of our footy club and your appreciation of of our footy club. Thank you for the for being one of our our supporters as well. You're a, a, an avid listener, I know, and um and I know you're excited to come on today. You, you, I, I was a bit yeah. worried that you yeah. might have a bit of wee come out during the show because you're that <laughs> excited. Hey, you guys, what you're doing for the footy club is amazing. You're bringing
2: back the club's heart to me, and keep doing it. It's the best thing I've seen, I reckon you should go bigger. I really do. Put yourself out. We're
1: national. We're worldwide already. Oh, mate, Yeah, he's
2: doing a brilliant job. He really are. And it's all for the good of the footy club, which I really like. You know what I mean? Just little things count. Yep. And I will return. Like, I've been out of the footy club for oh, near on 30 years. Had one year when Bride played in the premiership with the women's. Followed her enjoyed it. But I haven't been on the hill for a long, long time. And I'm heading back there, so look out. All right. Either
1: oh, that'll get up the tree with me.
2: Oh, I'm not going up no tree with you, Nipper.
0: No way, knowing So Nipper, no way. the next question's for you. Yeah. What did you learn today, Russell?
1: Teddy, as we mentioned previously, that there probably would not be a lot that I would learn from Mitch because I know probably more about him than I than he does. But I've got five major things I've learned from Mitch today. The first one's the obvious one that we just mentioned. I didn't know that he played football at Gunbower. I knew he came come from Gumbauer. I didn't know he played two games at Gumbauer. So that was number one. Number two was, Mitch mentioned it very early on, and he just mentioned it again a couple of minutes ago, from Little Things, Big Things, grow. I probably knew that, but I've never heard Mitch say it. The third one, is this is the first time I have seen Mitch at his house and he's not in his shed. <laughs> That's the first time I've seen him inside the house. Obviously, Karen's not at home. She's left, him, left the back door open and he's stuck in. The next thing I learned today was this is the longest Mitch has gone without swearing. <laughs> I've not heard him swear. Brilliant.
2: Teddy told me not to.
1: <laughs> this is also the longest time that I've ever seen Mitch go without an alcoholic drink in his hand. Well, how do you think I'm feeling? But the most important one. That I learned today no. is then when Mitch was playing bad and his form had dropped a little bit, <laughs> he made an injury. <laughs> <laughs> we never got
0: dropped.
1: <laughs> that's, right. that's up there with that's up there with Bobby gives the surge.
0: <laughs> I learned three things today, Nip. The first thing I learned right at the very beginning, and I learned it from you, Russell. Mitch's middle name's Wallace. Oh, no. I did not know that. Have oh,
1: you God. heard Max and Highland uh,
0: like calling Wally? No, never. Uh, I don't know how long either of us are going to live, Mitch, but you've got the, the rest of your life to cop me calling you Wallace. I'll let you get away with it, mate. I'll let
2: you get away with it. Don't let, don't let many people get away with it, but I'll let you get away Another with it.
0: thing that I learned and was surprised, I learned that Mitch was in a pub. With Nolly Egan, and I did not know that, so... California going. No, the white horse in California go
2: Where the tram stopped, the last tram stop used to be.
0: And the last thing I learnt, which didn't surprise me one little bit, but I, oh, but I didn't know it, was that when Mitch and Watto used to go fishing, Watto didn't pay him. He, wouldn't, <laughs> he didn't get paid didn't. for fishing. He'd make you go fishing, no. but he wouldn't pay you for, for fencing.
2: No. But you didn't care. On that day. Oh, no, better fishing with Watto than working, more relaxing. I never caught, I never caught fish, I caught all
0: the yeah.
2: fish. Yeah. For the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> ah. No, good time, steady It really was. It really was. Same as the footy club.
0: Thank you, Mitch. As we've already, I've already thanked you at length. Fantastic that yep. you've come on. Thanks again to Nipper. Please, Mitch, pass our thanks on to Bridie. She's done a fantastic yep. job as your technical advisor. She's
2: behind Made yeah, it thank, thank you yeah, very much, true.
0: Bride. Because without without you, this mightn't have happened. All right, Nick, do your thing.
1: Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, pick up your ass, pick up your glass, stop your talking, and start your walking. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Cheerio!
0: Thanks everybody. Please. Thanks, Mitch. And
1: I'll, Thanks, I'll
2: see you all Thanks later. Just Hello, down Lord. by the pub, watch out for the seagulls on your weed. Bonehead's footy club. Just down by the pub, Charlie's on the gate, he'll make you pay. just all
1: the in our
0: Yeah, it was great to catch up with Mitch again, I haven't spoken with him for a while and I had several conversations leading up to that recording with him as well which were equally as much fun. Because we recorded the episode using Zoom, there were several technical difficulties that meant that we had to reconnect a couple of times and Shane's daughter Bridie was invaluable in that and again we thank her. I think you'll agree that Shane values his time at the club very very deeply and he is one of many people for whom the club has been a linchpin in their lives. We clearly appreciated that and has given back a great deal in return. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Thanks again for listening and for the great support and feedback that we're getting. We'll catch you next time. Thank you very much, gentlemen.
1: And time is called, and we must piss off.